All right, Patrick, we are actually uh, live, so uh, sort of live. I mean, kind of live. We're in the same room uh, talking yeah. to each other, kind of <laughs> distanced apart, uh, talking to each other about scripture. Um, yeah. So welcome to another Devo with Patrick and Jamie. Yeah. Pat, how you doing today? Good. I think, like, so people understand. This is like, I'm going to take a photo okay. of my view. Go. Boom. Perfect. All right, good. So now, now you guys can see. Yeah, well, where we're at. I'll, I'll throw that into the... The, the video. So good. So, yeah. So very so, good. So great. All right. Well, Patrick, uh, what are we talking about today? Well, it is uh, Sunday, which means that we are following along with the lectionary. And today we're in Mark chapter one, and we're going to look at verses 29 through 39. Uh, kind of two different stories that we're going to check out. Jesus heals many and Jesus prays in a solitary place. All right. Solitary place. So do you want to read? Should I read? What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I'll read. All right. Gladly. Here we go. This is Mark chapter one, starting with verse 29. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever and they immediately told Jesus about her. So he went to her took her hand and helped her up. The fever left her and she began to wait on them. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon possessed. The whole town gathered at the door and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. The word mm. of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, because this is two different stories, I think we ought to tackle this. In two different chunks. Okay. So let's chunk it up. Yeah. Jesus heals many. Uh, By the way, I'm going to teach everyone a fancy word. Okay. There's a fancy word when you study scripture for chunks. Oh, scripture. Okay, okay. And it's the word pericope. Pericope? Yeah. It almost looks like periscope, but it's called pericope. So like one chunk or story of scripture, which might not necessarily be a paragraph. It might not necessarily be a uh, like a sentence. And it might not necessarily be a chapter, but it's like one chunk of mm. scripture. It's called a pericope. pericope. So if you ever want to impress people, and they probably won't care, you can throw the word pericope around. <laughs> so is a pericope a set number of verses? No. It's like one story or Got one it. idea or one thought, um, which is always hard. Like when you read scripture, I don't know how many people have had this happen. It's sometimes hard to like know when to stop and start, you know? Oh. You're like, oh, I'm going to read a chapter. But it might seem like the chapter is like halfway in between, like two ideas. <laughs> yeah. And you don't get the full story. And even if you read a whole book of scripture, it doesn't like always give everything. You feel like, oh, I got to keep reading or this is really long. So <laughs> when they study scripture, they like to look at each kind of story or each item of thought and pericope. That's the way per to do it. Pericope. Yeah. Got it. Or you can use the Patrick approved word, which I like too chunk yeah the chunk the chunk yeah so, so this, we're gonna chunk it up this first chunk so jesus and others the they it's a lot of people 
probably the disciples. They went with James and John to the home. Oh, I guess it's just, um, I, who knows who they're talking about. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> this verse 29 is throwing me yes, through the ringer. They went to the home of Simon and Andrew, though. Whoever they are, they all went to the home of Simon and Andrew. And Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever, and they immediately told Jesus about her. What is the worst fever you ever remember having? Oh, man. The worst fever I ever remember having. I remember being really young and getting the chicken pox. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and I remember lying in bed and just being, like, covered in sweat. Like, just yeah. like, I'm done. This is the worst. And your skin is itching. Yeah. Uh, that was a pretty bad fever. Yeah. That was the last time I remember having a pretty significant fever. Damn. What about you, Pat? Definitely. I had, I got the stomach flu when I was in fifth grade. Ooh. At, for a month. I had it for a whole month. It that was crazy. That doesn't sound good at all. No. And I remember having crazy fevers throughout that tunnel vision, sweating, the whole thing, like just couldn't cool down. And then you would be freezing cold, but still sweating. I've experienced that. Okay. Uh, so Simon's mother-in-law is in bed with a fever and is sick. And they immediately told Jesus about her. That's a good move. <laughs> They're like, hey, we got a sick one for you, Jesus. Yeah. Right. Uh, hey, this person is sick. Now, right now, if there was someone in your house who was sick, you'd say, hey, there's someone in my house who's sick, and then that would mean no one would show up. Yeah. Because you'd right. assume they'd have a deadly <laughs> virus, right? Yeah. Um, not so, right? And that, that's a cool thing, maybe, too, to pay attention about Jesus is when someone's sick, Jesus goes to them, right? right? Yeah. He doesn't run away from them. And, and you might think, well, they didn't have coronavirus then. Um, but they did have this little thing called leprosy, which maybe you have heard about. And Jesus didn't stay away from the lepers. Yeah. And you were supposed to stay away from the lepers. But Jesus would go to them, and he would mm. go to heal people. So I'm not saying go and uh, hang out with everyone you know who is sick right now. I don't think that's smart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the cool thing is, is just because you're sick doesn't mean Jesus has left you. Yeah, that's true. Cool. And even in verse 31, Jesus... So he went to her, he took her hand and helped her up. The fever left her and she be began to wait on them. Mm. So she was like instantly, instantly healed from the fever, like relieved of the fever. Yeah. Just in the, in the movement of standing up. That's pretty quick. That's pretty good. Like he went down, grabbed her hand. She stands up. Fever's gone. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. So very interesting. At 32, that evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed. So now they, it's similar to what you just said. You normally don't go to someone's house if if they're, if someone in that household is sick. Now all of the sick people are literally coming to uh, the home of Simon and Andrew. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, this is not like the guest list you would want to have. Like, who do you want to have over? You know what? Can you bring me everyone who's sick? Yeah. <laughs> with every disease and also people who are possessed by demons, bring them over to my house. That's who I want to have. Yeah. Uh, kind of not really what you would, would hope uh, <laughs> for the people, but, and you know, that, that is kind of a good point though, is that the people who want to see Jesus the most desperately are sometimes the people who have the most to gain, right. Mm. To be with Jesus, which means yeah. they're the people who are hurting the most. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, you know, everyone's experience is a little different, but a lot of people, who come to church. Um, you have people who come to church because they just want to be at church. They like being at church. But sometimes churches can bring people who are hurting, you know, people who have a lot of pain in their life, um, have issues in their life, and they, they need something more. They're looking for more. 
Um, I think that's a beautiful thing, right? Yeah. And so I absolutely agree. And it says in verse 33, and this is this whole entire verse, the whole town gathered at the door. I did some research. <laughs> okay. Oh, I no. asked the Googles the Go- uh, <laughs> to, to let us know how many people lived in Capernaum in this era, first century. Like mm. what's the estimated amount of people? Mm. And according to the Googles, uh, the number is 1,500 people. Oh. Okay. So we're not talking about, you know, 25,000 people, but 1,500 <laughs> people is a lot of people to have gathered at the door. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. If, if someone was at the front of my door of my house, uh, one person seems like a lot. Two people, it's like, whoa, something's going on. Three or four, you're like, what is happening right now? Crammed in, though, in your little front entryway. Yes. Crammed into that crammed little in. square. Little square, yeah. How many people do you think could fit? I Well, okay, crammed in. Uh, it's like shoulder it to depends shoulder. depends whether or not my kids have their bikes out there. Uh, but <laughs> if people really tried, I bet you could get 20 people in there. Okay. I bet you could. I've, in the complex that I live in, it's a, it's a square. And then right, there's a courtyard right. in the middle. Uh-huh, I bet that 1,500 people could fit in there. But it would be rough. Someone might not make it. I don't know if they'd make it. Yeah. You might lose some people with 1,500 people in that. that that's a lot of – 1,500 is a lot of people. I mean, I, now, if you think about it, like a typical high school might be 1,500, maybe 2,000 around here. Yeah. Maybe 2,500 depending on the size of the school. Um, but an entire high school or maybe two elementary schools worth of people yeah. uh, just showing up at your front door. <laughs> that's and, crazy. And the people that they're bringing are the sick and the demon-possessed. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So verse 34, Jesus healed many who had various diseases. All right. So uh, there you go. Jesus is uh, going to town. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. All right. So that's interesting. Yeah. That's super interesting. He wouldn't let them speak. Why wouldn't he let them speak? It wasn't because they were going to like, you know, say something like say bad words, right? It wasn't like, <laughs> don't say bad words, you demons. It was that they knew who he was. Now you're like, well, wait a minute. Isn't that good? <laughs> to like say who Jesus is, right? Like you are God, you are king. And it's interesting because Jesus, it seems, has like a timing issue here, right? He wants people to know who he is, but he wants them to experience it. So there's something here with him not letting the demons say who he is. Right. I get I stumble on this because didn't everyone that was there know who he was? Well, I think it's who he really was. Oh. And the the demons uh, know kind of from a spiritual reality that he is Lord, mm-hmm. that Jesus is more than just the carpenter's son, that Jesus is more than just like a prophet, that he's more than um, just someone who knows a lot about uh, the Bible Uh, that he's more than um, just a really good teacher. They know that he's the son of God. They know that he has authority. They know that he has power. And there's something about that where Jesus wants, I guess he wants people to discover this on their own. Hmm. Um, And, you know, we can make like guesses as to why he didn't let them speak. Yeah. uh, Which is, which is fine to like, just kind of make some guesses. We don't really, really know. Uh, but we do know that the reason it says here, right, that he didn't he didn't want to he didn't let them speak was because of that, because he just there's no way he wanted them to be the one to reveal the truth of who he was. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I get that too. Things are always a lot more miraculous or better for lack of better words when you discover it yourself, right? You, you can have someone tell you about this super epic hike and show you videos and photos, but finding it yourself is kind of like a way better experience. Yeah. And it also gives people, you know, the faith uh, to be able to believe in Jesus. And, and what happens is Jesus is going to come to a lot of these people or the people are going to come to him and they're going to want healing to happen. And a mm. lot of times when Jesus healed people, he would um, talk about their faith. Mm. And if they're like, well, I heard, you know, the demon over there said you're God, so that's why I'm here. Well, I don't know if Jesus wants us to come to him because a demon said so. You yeah. know, like, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> he wants us to bring our faith into the into the equation. Uh, and these people are having faith because they're like, there's something going on here. We want to check it out. We want to see. Um, so in some ways, it's like there's this secret. And Jesus is holding on to the secret that of who he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so he doesn't want that to get out. In fact, it's going to take a while before that really kind of gets developed. Yeah. It's kind of like little, he's going to leave little breadcrumbs along the journey, hmm. uh, showing the disciples, showing the people that he, he gets to know. And I mean, right now we're only in Mark chapter one, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're not like deep into the book of Mark. We're only in chapter one. Um, That's so true. Yeah. So he, he's kind of, he, he's showing who he is by his actions, not by his resume, you know, mm-hmm. not by his, uh, um, by his identification, by, you know, any of that stuff. He's showing who he is through the actions that he's doing. It's healing many people. Yeah. Yeah. And so we're going to jump into the next chunk here. Second chunk, pericope or yeah. chunk. I like the word chunk better. Chunk, yeah. I think we should call some of those like Bible societies and say, can we just take away that word pericope and use the word chunk? Yeah, chunk. Let's do it. Verse 35, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Verse 36, (laughs) Uh, Simon and his companions went out to look for him. Now, uh, and when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Okay. This is is like a a very, feels like somber moment. It's an interesting moment. So we learned some things about Jesus. One is he, you know, he's, he's okay being with crowds of people, but he also wants his time to himself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, And... Very early in the morning, will still dark. Patrick, how early in the morning is it still dark? This time, or this time of the year in late January, you could go out at like six o'clock and it would still be pretty dark. Yeah, it'd be just on the edge. I think they call it the the sailor sunrise. Okay, it's like at five forty five, and that's I think the if you're out in the ocean, the very first glimpses of light where you can tell where the sun's going to come up. About 545. I think that's what it it is. Now, what is it like in the, in summer when the days are long, (laughs) like you could wake up at like pretty early and that sun is starting to peak through, right? Yeah. I think midsummer, there are some days where I would go for a morning walk at like 445, five, just to go and get exercise while it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. And go home and go back to sleep for a little bit. (laughs) I like that. I like that plan. Yeah. Early. Yeah. So Jesus is doing the early thing here, right? Yeah. He's getting up early. He's leaving the house. He's going to a place by himself. And what is he doing? He's praying. So he's not really by himself. Right. You know, he's talking to God. And, yeah. and that, you know, a lot of people like to do their 
devotional time first thing in the morning. They like to get up early and make that happen. Mm-hmm. And there is something really good about that. Yeah. I was reading a book uh, from a guy who's a pastor who in his room, like in his bedroom, he's a married guy. So in his bedroom, he has a coffee machine that brews a pot of coffee at 5.45 in the morning. Oh, wow. So that he can do a little devotion thing with his wife at six. They yeah. do like this devotional thing every morning at six. And I thought that's kind of cool. And he knows himself. He knows like, I'm going to have a hard time waking up. So I have to like decide to do that the night before when I prep the coffee pot. Right. Yeah. So it'll wake me up. I thought that's kind of a cool way of doing it, you know, <laughs> like, I don't know, but there is something to getting up early, uh, that, that can be helpful. It's a good way to start your day. So Jesus apparently got up before everyone else because <laughs> Simon, uh, Peter, uh, and his buddies, um, they're like, uh, we lost Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus has left the building. Um, we better go hunt this guy down. There was 1,500 people at the door last night, a bunch of demon-possessed people. Uh, we better go get this guy. Right. And so what do they say? Everyone is looking for you. Yeah, everyone. Yeah. So it makes me kind of think, how many of those people, those 1,500 people that are at the door, hung out like, overnight? Yeah, right. How many of these people um how many of these people have like are are they sleeping around there? Are they like waiting overnight? Are they are is are they just expecting that they're all going to show up again? Like it's time to get back to healing, you know, like <laughs> yeah. there's work to be done. Jesus response is so great. <laughs> yeah. He says Let's go, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages <laughs> right. so I can preach there also. This is why I've come. Yeah. And now my thought is maybe Jesus knew that uh, Simon Peter and everyone else that was with him were maybe like to sleep in a little. And so mm. Jesus was like, you know, I'm going to get up early. I'm going to go pray. And then when they realize I'm gone, they're all going to be looking for me and they're all going to be awake. It's like, we'll get a, a start on our day. Okay. <laughs> this is like his like kind of passive aggressive way of being an alarm clock. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, the Jesus right, alarm sure. clock, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but that is kind of an epic response. I, I know. He's like, everyone's looking for you. And you'd expect Jesus to say, great, let's go find everyone. And so he's like, let's go somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah let's, let's get let's, out of here. Let's bail. <laughs> yeah, let's bail. Um, but but some of that, like with Jesus, that's interesting too, is he doesn't seem to ever be on someone else's agenda. You know what hmm, I mean? Yeah. Yeah. He's not like, well, these people really want me to be around. So I'll, you know, I'll be there. Um, in fact, he goes into towns that don't want him there. Yeah. He goes into places where he's not wanted at all. And, um, he seems to be sort of following. Like you wonder in this prayer time he had, maybe maybe the Lord was like, all right, time to go to the next town. Yeah. Time to go somewhere else. And so when they get to him and say, hey, everyone's looking for you. Like it's time to heal. He's like, we're going to go somewhere else. Um, and then he gives a statement, right? So, so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. Um, Jesus has shown up to preach. Yeah. He's shown up to, to do this ministry and he doesn't want kind of the urgency of 1,500 people at the door, uh, people who, who want to be healed. He doesn't, that doesn't take priority over the mission that he has. Right, yeah. But what does he do, 39? He traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. Yeah, so when I think of driving out demons, I think of like a cowboy driving like <laughs> yeah. cattle with like a whip. Wham, yeah. And Jesus is like, yeah, get out of here. Um, 
But, right, so he goes throughout the Galilee. The Galilee is a, a group of towns, and he's preaching in the synagogue. So he's going to the churches. He's not just at people's houses. He's not street corner preaching. He's going to the synagogues, and he's also preaching with this authority. Where, yeah. where when he says something, these demons are like, we're out of here, boom. Yeah. Which is cool, because when we think about demons, we get scared. But just a reminder about this whole thing. Jesus is driving at demons. He's not doing it uh, really for the sake of the demons. He's doing this to, to free people from oppression. They have spiritual oppression. Right. And Jesus is coming in and freeing them. So when we read this, we, we see the word demons, we think about it. But I want to say, look at this and think about the people who were set free from it. Right. Those are the people that I think is best for us to kind of think about and focus on is Jesus has freed people. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's doing all this work. And this is his mission. This is what he set out to do. Yeah. And it, and Jesus, just like we should, finds time on his own to pray. Yeah. I mean, obviously a very busy person for this time. He was extremely busy traveling to nearby villages and preaching and driving out demons. Uh, but he still finds time, even if it's an inconvenient early in the morning, even if it's not ideal, to uh, spend time with the Lord. And that's a... A great lesson in itself right there too yeah do you think pat at the end of a long day jesus comes home you know takes his hat off hangs it up on the hook sits down his briefcase <laughs> kicks off his sandals and uh and just says man honey even though he's not married maybe he's talking to his mom i don't know uh and he says uh man i i just like freed so many people from so many demons today and i just preached <laughs> in so many synagogues i am tired i don't know I don't know how Jesus responds to the work that he's doing, you know? I I don't know if he does that. I think he probably <laughs> just says, I'm going to go to bed. Yeah, I'm going to go to bed. And here's the crazy thing about Jesus. He's traveling this whole time. He's yeah. not sleeping in his own bed, right? Right, yeah. He's True. like, and he's not sleeping in like hotels or anything. He's hanging out with people who are like, hey, I got a you know place you can sleep. I got a place you can stay. Yeah. Um, the work that Jesus had to do is super important. And I'm glad that... Uh, we have a chance to kind of look at this, especially at the beginning of his ministry. Mm-hmm. So when God calls you to do something, he'll provide and he'll also direct you along the way, like we see here. Um, so uh, I don't know what to ask people to do other than maybe, possibly tomorrow, not today because you're already awake. Maybe try to get up early. Yeah. Give it a shot. <laughs> yeah, You don't have to beat the sunrise, but maybe get up <laughs> earlier than you would normally get up. Yeah, like, Let's say tomorrow you're planning <laughs> to get up at the crack of noon. Uh, yeah. Um, or whatever your time <laughs> is. 1, you 1.45. Yeah, 1.45. Yeah. Maybe roll back that alarm clock a half hour. Get up <laughs> early. Read a, read a Bible verse. Watch one of these devos. Or maybe just spend some time and say, Lord, what do you want me to do today? Let's see what happens. God may call you into some pretty cool things when you give your day over. That's right. We don't ask you to do much often. It's not like every diva we ask you to try something new, but this time we are. We are. So give it a shot. Half hour early. Yeah. Yeah, it goes. You'll hear from us again soon. Bye, friends.